Naked Songwriter Podcast. Got Jupiter conjunct the great central sun with a new moon this morning, Tuesday, November 26, 2019. New moon in Sag, Jupiter's. It's a sign that Jupiter rules. Fifth degree of Sagittarius, just over the line of degree number four, or into the degree number five. Yes, 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 and we got Jupiter still in Sag until December 2nd, which is not that far away, my friends. Uh, We're looking at next Monday. Jupiter leaves Sagittarius, and in my has it been an eventful year. Jupiter moving into Capricorn, which is said to be not his favorite place. However, with Saturn, ruler of Capricorn, still in Capricorn, I think Jupiter's going to be um, trying to help us out there next year, 2020. End of a decade, end of an era, beginning of something wild and new, for sure. So, um... You know, Jupiter stays conjunct the galactic center. Um, Jupiter and Venus were conjunct each other and conjunct the galactic center on Saturday and Sunday previous, so a couple days ago. And, you know, Jupiter's still within range. Um, the galactic center, the great central sun, the source transmitter, um, I mean, the Great Central Sun, the Galactic Center, is just a really trippy place. Center of the Milky Way galaxy. We believe that the Mayan uh, people knew all about it and basically established um, that was a, a foundational part of their calendar when things aligned with the center of our galaxy. Esoterically, um, the Great Central Sun sends us inspiration, future-oriented vision, um, really, you know, trying to bring the world into alignment with the cosmic good, the good of the cosmos. So if you've been getting some messages along those lines, I know I certainly have. Please pay attention because they're there for your good and for all of our good. And as we do not tire of reminding you, you doing what's good for you is what's good for the rest of us, is what's good for the world. It aligns us with the great creator, with the great creative energy of life, of the cosmos, of the galaxy. So I want to talk to you about what I mean when I say that uh, doing what you love is the highest spiritual value of this new era that we're in that it's the best way to heal the planet, it's the best way to um, help the downtrodden, help the less fortunate, help the animals, help nature. You know, I know that that's, um, I mean, there's so much to, so much to be ashamed of, right? So much to feel ashamed about. 
so many shame spirals we can go into, so much to feel guilty over. And when I'm talking about doing what you love, you know, I'm not talking about wasting, well, look, you know, we've all got things that are fun, but not necessarily that healthy that um, we may like to do. So I'm not talking about, you know, um, the universe wants you to spend the rest of your life binge watching um, your favorite shows on Hulu or Netflix. I'm not talking about the universe wants you to spend the rest of your life, you know, eating cupcakes until you explode. Um, The universe doesn't want you to, you know, go out and be a narcissist or a sociopath or a psychopath and take advantage of people. And we all have healthy, positive, pleasurable things that we love to do. So um, that's part of it. And then part of it is doing what you're really good at, the thing that you like to do and you're good at it. And it helps other people, you know, or it helps the animals or it helps Mother Nature. So, you know, giving an example um, from my life, which is the life I probably know the most about, maybe. Um, I love music, right? And um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kid. <laughs> I am still a kid. I'm a kid who grew up and just fell head over heels in love with music and, you know, grew up in a really abusive, toxic environment. And the first time I remember hearing music on the radio, and um, I think I wrote a blog post about this. I definitely sent an email to my readers on my email list, but I remember being in the back of my stepdad's green Chevy Vega. Um, I was trying to look up what year that Vega might have been, and and, um, I saw a review of the Chevy Vega that was like, you know, like, the one of the biggest production mistakes in automotive history or something. But I thought it was a cool car when I was four years old or five years old. And I remember we were driving at night. I think it was in Kentucky or Ohio, Southern Indiana. We moved around a lot. And um, my stepdad turned on the radio and it was like some kind of hillbilly gospel station, like white gospel. Uh, but they're playing this band called the Chuck Wagon Gang. And I remember the name, you know, cause I was just locked in, man, hyper locked into that, that sound. And they had these uh, really beautiful harmonies. And I don't remember if the Chuck Wagon Gang actually had a banjo. They probably didn't. The banjo probably came like a year later when uh, I discovered my mom's um, new Christie minstrels record, which was kind of like one of the, one of the um, artificially assembled groups that were so popular in the 60s, you know, like the Monkees, um, but it was for the folk revival. But, man, they, they had some great arrangements on that record that we had, Ramblin'. And, um, man, I just remember hearing that stuff, too, and just being just electrified by the sound. And I wanted a banjo so bad, right? But long story short, you know, I'm a kid who loved music, has always loved music, and grew up in a fundamentalist Christian cult where music was, you know, anything that wasn't church music, which were like some really draconian, boring, freaking um, hymns. I mean, some of them were all right, but 
Don't get me started on Trust and Obey, the song that we had to sing over and over in Sunday school and, and chapel at Christian school. Um, yeah, so I grew up in this really brainwashing, cult, um, restrictive, control-oriented, sadistic kind of environment where um, music was not good. It was the work of the devil, right? And I love music, and here I am. I'm, you know, I'm a songwriter. I've written probably over a hundred songs, or maybe two hundred songs. Um, you know, it's like that's what I do. That's what I love to do. And until now, that's not something that has paid the bills. You know, so I also love astrology, and I love working with people and coaching people and helping people. So doing that, you know. Yeah, if I could pick one or the other, you know, if I could um, play music and still have the connections with people that I have um, through being an, an astrologer, being a coach, probably would go with music. It's always been my first love. And I don't have to make that choice. You know, I get to do all these different things that I love. And I get to make choices like going for a walk, going to the beach, you know. I feel really fortunate to be living in Miami. Um, we, we totally love it here. You know, I went swimming today and yesterday, November 25th, November 24th. So for a kid who grew up in Flint, Michigan, it's pretty sweet. Um, most of my family are hundreds of miles away, or at least the ones I grew up with. So, um, you know, that's doing what I love is, is going in the water. So how does that help? right? How does that help the world? There are a lot of ways I could answer that question. One, one way I'll say is reality is a mass hallucination, you know, and that's, um, you can, you can look that up on YouTube. Um, I mean, that's what neuroscientists are, are beginning to believe. And of course it's what you know, the mystics and, and the shamans and the Buddhists have always believed we're just making all of this up, right? So if we're all making all of this up and if we all start doing what makes us happy rather than chasing the dreams of our parents or, you know, trying to prove our parents or our siblings or our teachers or our ex-husband or ex-wife, trying to prove them wrong by making good, you know, by finally succeeding. If we were all just doing what we loved, then where would the war go? Where would the poverty be? You know, if you think scarcity, the, the, if you think the poverty that so many people live in in this world is the natural state of affairs, you're not really paying very good attention. You know, as Jesus said, look at the lilies of the field, right? They don't work. And there they are, man, every spring, you know, boom, just blowing up, total abundance. You know, look at Mother Nature without human pollution, right? Without human chemical warfare. Mother Nature is so radically ravishingly abundant and prosperous and creative burgeoning fertile ever self-renewing scarcity is completely 
Okay, not completely. There there are times of scarcity in nature, right? There are droughts. There are times when it gets really, really cold for a long time or, you know, um, it gets really hot for a long time in certain parts of the world with or without humans. But most of the scarcity on this planet is engineered purposely. You know, most of this, the human suffering on this planet is... is um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's manufactured. It's it's uh, it's programmed. So, when you withdraw your support for the corrupt system of this of the degraded world that most of us experience, so like you know, obviously in half an hour or so, I can't get too into the deep science of it, but um, or how this is how this works, but. You know, basically, there there are these templates in reality, and um, when we tune our minds into creating a reality, we create some. You know, we create something that's very similar to what everybody else is creating. And yet, a lot of us are jumping timelines into a higher vibrational frequency, or five D, if you want to call it that, the fifth dimension. So the world looks really similar still. But a lot of the angst is missing. Some of the pollution starts disappearing. Some of the war and the crime start disappearing. So, you know, that that to me is a good enough reason to do what you love, to do what you're here to do. And I would say, you know, as an astrologer, and I've worked with hundreds of people over the years, looked at thousands of charts, you know, there are similarities among charts that are generational similarities, but basically, you know, each of us is sort of individual. We have sort of an individual purpose, and that's tempered by what our gender, our ethnicity, the socioeconomic stratus, strata, stratus, stratum that we grew up in, um, you know, the part of the country, the, it's like what, you know, so I believe our soul chooses all of these things before it incarnates. But we're not all here to do the same thing. You know, we don't all have the same gifts. So living your highest vision of your life, giving your, sharing your gifts with others and spending as much of your energy as possible, not acting out of guilt, not acting out of shame, you know, not doing the same program things that have been passed down from generation to generation, self-destructive, self-sabotage, you know, pining for, longing for, envying, scrapping for, struggling, striving for all these things that when you get them, you find out, well, that didn't really make me happy, right? Because it's not you and it was never you. So withdrawing your energy from that corrupt system and putting it into what feels good to you heals the world, right? There's no pollution. There's no environmental pollution if there's no mental pollution. There's no mental pollution if there's no trauma stuck in everyone's body. If everyone isn't filled up with shame and guilt and fear, again, passed down from generation to generation. And then we're all trying to hide the shame and, like, you know, repress the fear, which creates openings for the parasitic you know, or the matrix, uh, spiders, whatever you want to call it, parasitic entities to get in there and breed, 
you know, negative reptilian thoughts, and that's probably being unkind to reptiles. But, you know, if you look, if you really look at this stuff with clear eyes, it's not, it's not woo. You know, it's not that far out there. It just makes sense. When you're not projecting your repressed anger and shooting it out, you know, secretly as blame and judgment and man, you know, my boss is like, I hate my boss or, but you, you know, you, or like whatever, you know, whatever, cause whatever we're angry at in the moment, it's always like going back to something that's stuck in the body. So, you know, my dad was like, so mean, man, he never let me do what I wanted. He, you know, shame me, beat me, whatever. I mean, those things are real. Right. And that sucks. And so many of, you know, almost all of us go through some form of um, abuse that's much more extreme than, than most people are willing to admit as children. And we can't be angry. You know, we can't express our anger against the dictator God or the dictator um, goddess of the household, right? Because we just get shut down more. We get punished more. We have more um, of the abundance withdrawn, more of the love is taken away, right? So we come into adulthood with all this pent-up frustration and resentment, fear, anger, shame, guilt, whatever it is. And we start throwing it out at the world around us, right? Sooner or later, you know, and, and those of you who are empaths and highly sensitive people, you know, until now, right, what we've done is turned it in on ourselves and, and punished ourselves like, man, we punished ourselves like so much more severely than anybody else really wants to punish us, at least as adults. Well, maybe your maybe your partner does. My exes certainly seem to be into that. But um, and some family, some of my family. But look, you know, it's like we come and we're all throwing this black magic out until now. We're all throwing this black magic out at the people around us. Where it really wants to be directed at the people who punished us, who who destroyed our self-esteem, who took away our dreams, you know, who made us so ashamed that uh, so many people never feel unselfconscious. You know, they never feel like they're pretty enough or rich, you know, have enough money or capable enough, smart enough. So what if we all stopped blaming? What if we all stopped shaming? And it doesn't, trust me, it doesn't matter if you don't say it out loud. You know, if you're feeling that emotion and directing those thoughts towards someone, even if it's unconscious, which most of us try to repress that shit right into the subconscious as quickly as we can because we don't want to know about it, right? That's understandable. But even if it's unconscious, we're still sending energy of violence and war into the collective space. So, of course, we have violence and war in the world. You know, I mean, it's like... It's not woo-woo at all. It just, if you break it down, you know, on a psychological level, it absolutely makes sense. And it absolutely makes sense that the only way 
we put an end to war in the world, the only way we put an end to institutional abuse of children, of women, of minorities, of the poor, the only way we do that, the only way that it's possible to do that is for enough people to own their own shit, you know, deal with the emotion, deal with the repressed emotions, reparent your inner child, and send loving, beautiful, prosperous thoughts out into the world more than the negative ones. Yeah, it's a big job, man. It's a big job. You better get started. Because trust me, man, you don't want to be 65 and waking up and being like, oh, shit, I didn't do any of my work. Now I got like a whole lifetime and, you know, plus my ancestors and my parents stuff to process. And tr- and I know there are people that are coming to those realizations right about now. And a lot of them just pack it in, man, you know, go into the hospital system, get ready to check out for-profit pharmacies, jails, and hospitals, man. We got it all going on, right? But that's, we're creating this and it's not our fault. You know, it's, it's the system we're born into, but all of this galactic center energy that has been just beaming at us over the last um, few weeks, you know, and Jupiter being in his own sign conjunct the galactic center, it's really trying to illuminate that not only is it possible for us to change things, it's necessary, it's advisable, it's what the world wants from us. It's why we came here. And it's eminently doable. Are we going to see that happen in my lifetime? I certainly plan on it. I don't know if we will, but it won't be because I didn't try. It won't be because I haven't dedicated every resource that I could think of dedicating to getting myself free and helping other people get free. So back to music, when I play, I need to play music. I love music. I need to sing. I need to play the guitar. I love learning about music. I love producing it. I love playing music with other people. And when I was younger, I thought, well, you know, the only way that this can be valid because I'm going against my family, I'm going against God, you know, in my, in my young mind, I'm going against my community. They're all down on, on music, you know, and so I must be wrong because they're, they're all grown ups and they're all saved, you know, and it's like, they're telling me I'm wrong and they've shamed me so much that I actually believe in my heart, you know, that I am wrong and that, that I'm probably going to go to hell for, for continuing to love music and listen to music and play music, but I can't stop. Right. And as I get older, I realize, oh, yeah, because that's what you came, that's a big thing that you came here to do, you know, and that's what you love. So, of course, you should do it. And when it, when we're operating from a shame bound, traumatized place, you know, we tend to go into extremes of either, um, you know, grandiosity or just pathetic victimhood. And trust me, I've alternated back and forth between those um, for many years. But from that place, it's like we feel like we have to succeed, right, in order to justify this thing that causes us to feel shame. 
And if we can just succeed, you know, if we can just get the, if you can just like attract that ideal partner, then you can really, you know, prove to your mom that you being an independent woman and, you know, not doing the things that she did was, it was worth it. It was valid. You made a valid life choice. You know, if you could just succeed at business, you know, that, the business that you started, if you could just make a hundred thousand or 200,000 or a million a year or whatever, you know, then you can prove to your dad that getting a liberal arts degree was the right way to go and being an artist is cool. Right. And in reality, we don't need any of those things. You know, we're only chasing those, um, material world, you know, Hey, we need money, right? We need love for sure. You know, those are all good, but the specific, um, the specific like benchmarks that we set that once I get to this place, you know, then I'll have status, then I'll have security, then I'll have love, then I'll be right. You know, then I'll be okay. Those are all completely manufactured. They're, they're all false. Right. So I used to think like, Oh man, I'm going to get a music, you know, record deal and I'm going to be a successful success as a touring musician, musician, then, you know, the subconscious reasoning goes, then they'll have to respect me. Then they'll have to let me play music. Well, fuck them. I'm already playing music. I'm playing every day as much as I can, as much as I feel like it. And when I talk about, you know, how much I love music, what I've realized, you know, as I've gained some wisdom, um, is that, yeah, I love playing for people. I love making people happy, you know, and, um, I'm still planning on, on touring hopefully in 2020, but I'm always listening, you know, uh, Tati and I are always listening to spirit, listening to our bodies, listening to the great creator, you know, what do you want from us? And if great creator says, this is the year, then this is the year. If a uh, great creator says this, is not the year, then this is not the year. And really who cares, you know? I'm still going to be playing. I'm still going to be enjoying myself. But I have to show up playing music because that's what puts me in my happy place. You know, that's what enables me. So many times when I have a reading, like my first reading of the day, I, I really like feel this need to play a couple songs on the guitar just to like, you know, open up the energy so that I'm ready, you know, when I get on the phone with my client. So that's... uh Round one, what I'm talking about when I'm talking about doing what you love. And um, uh, we're about to launch something really cool. Can't tell you about it just yet. But what I will say is, if you're an alien pattern person, if you're a mutant, starseed, evolutionary, revolutionary old soul, you know, just... Just know that I want you to just take this to heart. It's not your fault, you know, and you were never, you did not come here to make yourself small, cripple yourself, disable yourself, contort yourself into fitting into the system of the world because the system of the world right now is corrupt. It's degraded. It's evil. It's against life. It's against people. It's against nature. It's set up to maim and destroy 
and to subjugate just about everybody, you know, the 99% of everything that's not part of the system. And to use us, you know, to use all of us for, for energy and to profit from artificially created scarcity and suffering. You didn't come here to be part of that and to aid and abet that system by giving it your energy, by making yourself into some grotesque little pathetic caricature of the immense, powerful, you know, spark of the divine creative energy that you are. So here's an invitation as we're still being just bathed in the rays of the galactic center, the great central sun to really tune into that, you know, and, and ask yourself who you came here to be. What did you come here to do? What do you love? What is your gift? So we can't give, we can't really develop our authentic self-expression in isolation. We need each other. So there's a little hint about what's coming next. And seriously, you didn't come here to crush yourself into a mold that you could never fit in, right? You came here to change the system, to recreate the system, to restore it to what it wants to be, to cooperate with our living planet who just dearly longs to ascend into her next vibration, into her full beauty and intelligence. And she's having a hard time doing it with so many humans in the thrall of these ghoulish, you know, just demonic death merchants, basically. So you're not part of that, man. You could never be, you know, as hard as you try, as hard as you try to please them, as hard as you try to like scrap for some kind of success or security, you're, that's, you're not capable, you know? You can fake it for a while. You can fit. You can pass for a while, but it's not who we are, you know. So many of us are from, who are from the stars. We're from other galaxies. We come in with these, you know, lifetimes of um, either here or in, on other planets and other dimensions, of expertise and of experience and of wisdom, and we need each other to unlock that, and also the time that we're in now, the time signature, as we continue to move into this new post-2012 world, is really radically supportive of that. So I want to inspire you. Some of you are going to have to see, you know, family and, and try to pretend that you're not who you are. Try to like, you know, deflect the questions about how weird you are or whatever. I mean, I can't even believe that shit still goes on, but apparently it does. My family's much more underhanded. You know, they pretend to get, they pretend to dig. Oh, yeah, you're, yeah, astrology. What's the, what are the planets saying? You know, and then they just kind of stick the knife in. But luckily, I don't have to see any of those, um, those people at this Thanksgiving. I'm going to be hanging out with the dolphins on the beach. Um, but yeah, if you got to go see family, you know, just watch it. Watch what's happening. Watch how, watch the programs, you know, and you're going to, I just really feel like, this week, right as Jupiter's leaving Sagittarius and, and moving off of the galactic center, 
there's so much insight and enlightenment. And once you realize that it's not your fault, that all those efforts to try to try to make it and try to somehow scrap your way into like just some measure of sustenance or success or love or whatever within the system, then none of that's your fault. You know, just nobody told you early on who you really were, but you know it now, if you're listening to this, you know who you are. So, um, we're going to change this whole thing, man. And it starts right now. Let's do it. It starts with your thoughts. It starts with your feelings. It starts with you giving yourself permission to hope again. I love you. I'm going to leave you with a, uh, hot, hot original. I've been like, uh, just busting my balls to get this, get a version of this out, um, in time for uh, Jupiter still being aligned with the great central sun. So it's called great central sun till next time. May you go with the stars. from ordinary it's in you all of us